Pastor Sandra tells it as it is. My teaching is entitled, Do You Carry the Mighty Word? And the scripture is taken from the King James Version at Acts 19. And I am going to read from verse 9. So it's Acts chapter 19. And I'm going to read from verse 9. But when divers were hardened and believed not, but spake evil of that way before the multitude, he departed from them and separated the disciples, disputing daily in the school of Tyrannus. And this continued by the space of two years, so that all they which dwelt in Asia heard the word of the Lord Jesus, both Jews and Greeks. And God wrought special miracles by the hands of Paul, so that from his body were brought unto the sick handkerchiefs or aprons, and the disease departed from them, and the evil spirits went out of them. Then certain of the vagabond Jews, exorcists, took upon them to call over them which had evil spirits, the name of the Lord Jesus, saying, We adjure you by Jesus, whom Paul preached. And there were seven sons of one Sceva, a Jew and chief of the priests, which did so. And the evil spirits answered and said, Jesus I know, Paul I know, but who are you? And the man in whom the evil spirit was leapt on them and overcame them and prevailed against them, so that they fled out of that house. And this was known to all the Jews naked and wounded, and Greeks also dwelling at Ephesus, and fear fell on them all. And the name of the Lord Jesus was magnified. And many that believed came and confessed and showed their deeds, many of them also which use curious arts, brought their books together and burned them before all men, and they counted the price of them and found it 50,000 pieces of silver. So mightily, verse 20, so mightily grew the word of God and prevailed. So I have been inspired by the Holy Spirit of God to teach on verse 20. And I like the read in verse 20. Why? Because the sentence starts off by describing the subject and its potential. What is the subject? The subject is the word, the word of God, the word. So the sentence reads, so mightily grew the word of God and prevailed. It starts by describing its label, its capabilities. It defines its authenticity. It de designates its ingenuity. It pronounces its legitimacy. It calls 
its unalterated worth. It describes its potential and potency, its evaluability. He said, so mightily grew the word and prevailed, my God. So mightily grew the word and prevail. I am still stuck at the traffic light of spiritual alertness and understanding after I read this verse, children of God. So mightily grew the word and prevailed. So Zamar, Z-A-M-A-R, is the Hebrew word for the word mightily. So mightily grew the word and prevailed. The word mightily is a Hebrew word. And the Hebrew says, Zamar means to strike through with the fingers. Like when you strike through something. For example, when you use your fingers to touch or go through parts of a musical instrument, or when you play upon it to make music accompanied by the voice. So this is the meaning of Zamar. The Hebrew said you, it's, it's, it's like striking through something, right? And when you use it, it's like, when you use your fingers to touch or go through parts um, like a musical instrument, but it has to be this zamar, the meaning of the zamar, it has to have an accompaniment. Yes, he said it has to be accompanied by the voice. So when you play upon it and when you make music and when you strike through it, it has to be accompanied by the voice. In other words, um, if you're going to use Zamar to play or to sing, it has to have voice accompaniment. So the word of God was Zamarin or striking through, plucking and cutting out the bad weeds that were sown to distort the gospel. The world was digging up and clearing on all the remains and debris as Apostle Paul was ministering in the, in the synagogues um, in, in um, Ephesus. And, um, and, um, and um, it, the world was digging up and clearing all the remains and debris as Apostle Paul passes through the upper coast of Ephesus and regions of Corinth. The word was weeding out every nook and cranny of false belief, wrong doctrines had sown. The word was zamarin, wrong beliefs, wrong opinions. The voice of the word was changing lives, resolving conflicts, depleting ancient religiosities and striking down traditions and ancient altars. The voice of the word was corrected truth. Let's have a look again. Acts chapter 19. And it came to pass that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul, having passed through the upper coast, came to Ephesus. 
and finding certain disciples. He said unto them, Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believe? And they said unto him, We have not so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. And he said unto them, So unto what then were ye baptized? And they said unto John's baptism. Then said Paul, John verily baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying unto the people that they should believe on him which should come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus. And when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid his hands upon them, the Holy Ghost came on them, and they spake with tongues and prophesied. So the world carries the power of the Holy Ghost in the laying of hands. And when Paul had laid his hands upon them, the Holy Ghost came on them and they spake with tongues and prophesied. So children of God, once the word comes upon you, so mightily grew the word, once the word comes upon you and I, it will, something will happen. You cannot remain static. Something will happen. It will cause things to happen to you and I, such as what happened in, while Apostle Paul was ministering. The Bible let us know the guy spoke in tongues and prophesied. When he lives in you, oh my God, it will, he will blow your mind. When he comes to take up his home of abode in you, it will pull your gifts out. It will make you do things that you didn't even know you could do it ordinarily. It will pull your gifts out of you. And the Bible said the guy spoke in tongues and prophesied. He will order your step. And if you decree a thing, the Bible said, it shall be established. Watch this again. The voice, the word of God has a voice. It moves it's not static. It comes to you. The Bible records how the word of the Lord came to Elijah in 1 Kings 21 verse 28. In Genesis 15, 1, the Bible records the word of the Lord came to Abram. In Luke 3, 2, now the word of the Lord came to John. It moves. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah the son of Amathea, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry against it, for their wickedness is come up before me. The word of God moves. The word not only moves, but it carries power and influence. It has supremacy. Joshua was told in chapter 1, verse 8, to study it, and he will have good success. When we study the word of God, children of God, we will have great success. We will be going places with the word. So what am I saying to you, children of God? My teaching is to draw your attention to what you carry. You carry the word. It's on the inside of you. My teaching is to draw your attention to what you have. You have the word and it's on the inside of you. And my teaching is to encourage you to use it and let it work for you, fast for it. 
Pray for it. Study for it. Do you know what you carry? And do you know what you have? So mightily grew the word of God and prevail. The word carries weight. It is weighty, very weighty. The word is heavy. It's a heavy mass. It is bulky. And I like the way the Bible calls the weight of the word. In Hebrews 4.12, he said, For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit. That means anywhere your sanity has to pierce it. Yes, it pierces asunder soul and spirit. It can go to the soul, to the spirit, joints and marrow. I don't care where the marrow is or the joints it or whatever is jointing or whatever um, sabotage that they have put up against you. The word of God can destroy it. It can pick it down. It says it, it is dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow, and it is a discerner, a likeness of thoughts and intents of the heart. So this is another function of the word. It discerns thoughts and intents of the heart. So sometimes some people thinking you don't know what is happening, you know, because you're full of the word of God. The word of God tells you this is what they're thinking, this is what they're saying. But you just use wisdom because the wisdom of is wisdom giving your heads up. It discerns thoughts and intents of the heart. So mightily grew the word and prevailed. Look at what the word, um, look at the word again in action, Mark 11. And I'm reading from verse 12. The next day as they were leaving Bethany, Jesus was hungry, seeing in the distance, a fig tree in leaf. He went to find out if it had any fruit. When he reached it, he found nothing but leaves because it was not the season for figs. Then he said to the tree, may no one ever eat from you again. And his disciples heard him say it. Verse 20, in the morning as they went along, they saw the fig tree withered from the roots. Peter remembered and said to Jesus, Rabbi, look, the fig tree you curse had, has withered. Peter said Jesus had cursed the fig tree, but Jesus did not confirm that he cursed the fig tree. He didn't confirm with Peter that he cursed the fig tree. Peter says it. The fig tree that you, you have cursed. Jesus spoke words to the fig tree and tells it what he thought about it. The fig tree should be bearing fruit. But the fig tree was not bearing fruit. And if you're not bearing fruit, why are you in the garden? What are you doing there? Obviously, it was probably the wrong tree sitting there. How do we know? Do? Do it might be the wrong tree. Satan has a way of presenting himself as angel of light. Yes, obviously it was a wrong tree sitting there. God didn't plant anything to just sit there. God doesn't curse his creation. He blesses them, the Bible says, his creation. And he tells them, 
to be fruitful and multiply. And he looked back again on them, at them, and said, that was good. Amen. He looked back and he said, that was good. So don't allow anyone to tell you you're no good. Amen. Papa God said, he blesses, he multiplies, and he said, you're good. So don't allow anyone to tell you, you're no good. I don't care what you've done. So God only curses things that is, that, 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 that is not planted by him. The Bible said any, any, any seed that he has not planted, he will come and root them out, pull them up. Yes, God tells everything he has planted to be fruitful and multiply. And he said, look back and he said, that is good. So Jesus went on to promote faith. Verse 22, prayer and faith. Jesus said, have faith in God. Jesus answered, truly I tell you, if anyone says to this mountain, go throw yourself in the sea and does not doubt in their heart, but believes that what they say will happen, it will be done for them. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be done. So Jesus was promoting faith and prayer while Peter was advertising curse. Amen. Um, the Bible said, if, you, if we decree a thing, it shall be established. He said, whatever we ask for in prayer, believe that you have it. Believe that you receive it and it will be yours. So I'm going to stop here today, children of God, and I will come back next week to show you what happened when the fullness of the word is in you. So mightily grew the word and it prevailed. Papa God, thank you for this, your word, and for the ability to release it. The Bible said the entrance of the word brings light. So open the eyes of your children's understanding so they can see what they have and carry on the inside of them. Help them to use it to do exploit. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you as you pass on this message to your friends. And as you do so, you're propagating the gospel. God bless you.